0: Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed.
1: Okay, wonderful. Wonderful wonderful now on sunday on sunday we looked at something interesting so now for those of our members who only listen to the sunday sermon but not wednesday it'll be like a challenge Because, you know, sometimes I understand why the apostles taught daily. There's so much to teach and so little time. And there's a place that we're trying to get to. So on Sunday, we began looking at understanding the state of man before receiving the Lord Jesus. And we primarily looked at two aspects. We said a lot before, but we looked at two major things. What were the two major things that we looked at? Number one? Okay, what do you remember from Sunday? Come on, number one? But you're like talking. <laughs> you guys are whispering. Yes. You're saying something? The state, of man. the state of man? Yes, what about the state of man? What do you remember? You guys have the answers, they're just afraid. Yes? Like a sick person, right? In need of a doctor. Anything else you remember? Sorry? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> should, the next time you come for church, you're going to find question papers. Like, <laughs> you just find it written. Um, you have 30 minutes okay recap i don't know why you're afraid to say it out loud you're afraid you might be wrong or maybe you heard a remix (laughs) okay fine so we we looked at how jesus did compare the state of man to a sick person and ideally we had two that we looked at now sub under that maybe i'm the one who knows it better because i'm the one who sees my notes so I have one, I have A, I have AI, <laughs> okay. And ideally we looked at the fact that the, sinf- the sinful nature is in man and then he's prone to doing the wrong things. Then the second thing we looked at is how man is subject to demonic spirits. And whatever just feels like can just decide something about your life. But then we, I gave a caution that when a person is born again, it's you to decide whether to allow Satan or not. I'll give you one example of something I experienced. Um, somebody knocked in my office and they said, Pastor, you really need to pray for me. I'm like, what's the issue? Pastor, in my family, all the ladies, when they reach between 22 and 25 they all get pregnant I don't want that to be me so I was wondering what I needed to pray for I think there's this spirit in our family that makes everyone pregnant between 22 and 25 whoa don't get pregnant and then how to not get pregnant it's quite obvious (laughs) so for a Christian you're in charge tell your neighbor you're in charge Satan has already been judged. So for a Christian, you're the one in charge now. Otherwise, yeah. Let's look at the third one. Number three. Man suffers from blindness. Man suffers from blindness. Okay. Let's do something interesting. Bawemi, please turn off the lights in the room. If it wasn't for these, should I have them off? No. People will bump into each other. (laughs) Now imagine these are off. And for the sake of the audience, I will not turn them off. And I want you to run around the room 10 times. What are the chances of doing it well? And then in the room, there are people like me who perhaps are slightly darker than most. (laughs) (laughs) So somebody might probably hit into me, right? And people will hit into all sorts of things because the room is dark. Now imagine living your life like that. I want you to imagine living your life like that. And the challenging thing about darkness is that things appear a certain way even when they are not. There's that coat that you're hanging in the bedroom. There's a way it looks when you switch off the lights. Please turn them on. Who's ever had that experience? Well, when the, light is, when the lights are off, everything is more scary and your judgment, now imagine you're from having this like scary dream, and then you wake up, and the first thing you see is that coat, and then for some reason you even left a hat. No, the coat is the one in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you ever hung like a coat on the wardrobe, and perhaps there's a hat, and then you wake up, and that's the first thing you see. What will happen? You go like, hey. And that's why you find a lot of people are afraid of the dark. Because in darkness, it gets a little creepy. Now, blindness, scripturally, is when there's darkness of the eyes. The darkness of the eyes. Second Corinthians 4, I want us to see from verse, maybe for context, from verse 1 to verse 4. Second Corinthians 4 from verse 1 to verse 4. Now, the Bible says, therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Uh But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God continue. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Now what do we mean by veiled? Now if if you remember the teaching on the tabernacle, there was a veil. So the veil was in between the Holy of Holies and the inner courts, right? So now what Paul is saying here is that To some people, the gospel is veiled. Imagine this thick curtain, and that thick curtain is in front of you. Your sight will be, your sight will be blocked because of that. Okay? We can use an example. Put your hand on your eyes. Why aren't you putting your hand on your eyes? (laughs) Try to see clearly. Now imagine you're told to drive like that, you're told to walk like that, you're told to write an exam like that. What's going to happen? So that's the same thing you can remove. That's the same, some of you removed before I said remove. (laughs) So that's the same thing that happens to man before they are saved. You find the gospel appears veiled. Are there certain things that appeal to you now that were boring before? Was there a time in your life you couldn't imagine going for an overnight? To do what? To pray the whole night. It was there a time things like that were not very appealing to you? It means your eyes were veiled. Was there a time certain worldly things seemed more appealing than spiritual things and you are one of those people who would say, Christianity is boring. What's entertaining about darkness? Nothing. Next verse. Now, notice here is how the people who are perishing are described. It says, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Do you now see why salvation is spiritual warfare? Do you now see why If you want people to get saved, you have to take time to pray for them. Because there's a reason why this message doesn't appeal to them. There's a reason why Vaku Church doesn't appeal to them. It's because there's blindness. But we praise God for our Lord Jesus, because the light shines in the darkness. Praise God. I remember someone coming to my office and saying, Pastor Me, I'll be honest with you, the only reason I came to your church is because it was like a girl I was checking out. But then something happened when you started preaching. What me, what, what, what happened? That darkness was removed from their eyes. Their blindness was removed. Ladies and gentlemen, the interesting thing about this darkness that the world is under is that if we want it to if we want that darkness to go down, the only panacea to darkness is light, right? So if we want that darkness to go down, then we have to let our light shine. No wonder it says, Let your light shine before men. There are certain things that you're supposed to do in secret. That's true. But are you aware that Christianity is a very public? Commitment. And God desires for your light to shine before men. Are you aware of that? Christianity is a very public commitment. I've just never seen the verse Christianity is personal. It's a very public commitment. There's, there's, a, there's, a, I don't know if, <laughs> um, let, me, let me just show you something there's this notion that goes on, that look, Christianity is very private and personal. We, like every person, like me and my God, we know each other, like, my God knows I love him. I, I and, and you know, sometimes you have this, like I was shocked the other time, this, there was an influencer some sort in Zambia, in the same paragraph where they've insulted and insulted, they even talk about them being a Christian. No. How? Have we lowered the standards of Christianity that much? So meaning, and then everyone will be like, if if I'm to comment about that, they'll say, don't judge, you don't know what someone does in private. We know what they're doing in public. So (laughs) there's nothing you can do in private that will solve living recklessly in public allow me to suggest to you ladies and gentlemen that Christianity is a very public thing. As a matter of fact, um, if tomorrow we had to come knock, some of your students who were to come knock at your hostel or at your boarding house and we say we are looking for sister, I think we should start doing that we'll start using sister and brother. And we'll say, no, we're looking for sister favor. <laughs> we want all those housemates to know that this person, yeah, this, this is sister favor. Now, if we're to come and we'll say, we're looking for sister this one or sister that one, and everyone is just in shock. sister could change right <laughs> there. As a matter of fact, we should be able to come knock and say, we're looking for that prayerful person. I I don't know if somebody's getting my point. (laughs) You know, there was a time we were giving directions home. By then I was still younger and um, I was with my mom in Olympia. And some people got lost. So they asked like some guys who were drinking like on the road and said, we're looking for where they pray a lot. They pointed. (laughs) Like it's at that house, and that's how the people found the place. They pointed. We should be able to come and say we're looking for that man of fire. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting my point. Like no, some, we should be able to knock or come to your workplace and say, are there any virtuous women? There's someone we're looking for. There's that virtuous woman of high principles and standards. And they could say, Ugh, when you refer to such a person, there's only one person we can, there's only one person we know who's like that. Or if they mention, oh, there are five people like that, you should be among the five. Are we clear on that one? So that personal thing. Matthew 5. Ah, that personal thing. Ah, Ah, ah. Let's look at verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor... I think King James says, it's saltiness. How shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Imagine salt, which when you put on meat, the meat still tastes the same way. And the salt has gotten unsalty. (laughs) Let's go on. Next verse. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. You know, be very careful um, because sometimes in saying we're trying to do things very privately, we really end up being ashamed of the gospel and disguising it in privacy. It says, you are the light of the world. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are the light of the world. So, if you want men to come out of darkness, what must we expose them to? To you. Some people will never hear the gospel until they see you. No, tell somebody, are the light of the world. And it says, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. So, you've not been put in the valley. No, you've been set on the hill. That's where you live. On top. In, like, it should be evident, like, oh, that city, Right? That city, that's where you've been set. Next verse. Nor do they light a lamp? These lights we're using right now. Imagine we can cover them. Then what good are they? It says, Lord, do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house? There is a reason why the bulbs that you're seeing are not on the floor. They are never on the floor. Why are they put on top? To give light to all. So this is Jesus speaking. He says they don't light a lamp and put it under a basket. So God didn't set you ablaze for you to hide it. That's why the world can't see. Because we are hiding. What do I mean? When was the last time you, you stood up and said, Oh, Um, I've been noticing a few people have been getting sick in this boarding house. I'm here. I can uh, pray for any of you who need prayer. (laughs) Now, what are you doing there? You're letting your light shine. In your heart, if you want to keep you're saying, oh God, I'm risking. (laughs) 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 You can be that one who before the exam period, you're like, um, I just want us all to pray, you know, it's, it's just important for us to commit these things in prayer. Can't you using the exams? Then he says, so I, want to, I want all of us to pray this weekend. It's always just important to approach things like exams in prayer. I'll prepare the prayer points. So, <laughs> prayer point number one, you tune it towards salvation. First you give like, an exhortation. You know, even as we're preparing for exams, let's remember that what will it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? So <laughs> prayer point number two. Then number three, you say, let's just join hands. As they are joining hands, you're in the heart. You saying that foul spirit that causes this one to go drink every night, out. <laughs> then prayer point number four, oh God, our exams. <laughs> What am I saying? Find ways for your light to shine, otherwise this world remains in darkness. There's one of the places in Zambia that I want us to invent very soon. From what I've researched and from the people I've spoken to, the prevalence of Immorality and just all sorts of vices among the young is very high. So we've been blacking them out one by one, and telling them to tell their friends. And we're excited. We're going there, as in we are going to win all of them, like all of them. And and you know what? One thing. I'll, let me just give you the next verse. I want I want us to read it together victoriously. Verse 16. Hey, I'm feeling this, my God. (laughs) One, two, three, read. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good and glorify your Father in heaven. I would have given you a context of a few things but if I'm being very balanced, there are some charity works that should be done publicly. Sometimes men need to see your good works. Someone would say, what about the left and the right hand? Try to understand the context of that. The context of the left and the right or the spirit behind it is, imagine I'm preaching in front and let's say I never used to have shoes, but then uh, someone someone that side found it in their heart to bring me shoes. And then every time I sit in front to preach, whoever they sit, next, you've seen those shoes, eh? I'm the one who bought them, you know. You know, it, it's not easy. If, 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 if I didn't buy those shoes by now, you know what, you'd have, you'd have been preaching in tropicals, but nevertheless, I'm the one who bought them. The next day you go to another person, you've seen those shoes, right? You know, in life it pays to be a good person. Now he can walk smartly because I'm the one who bought them. Now that's not letting your light shine before men. I, I hope you are now seeing the difference in context, especially for things that you do for your brethren. But, the, so, but going to, let's say you want to go to prisons, so or maybe there's something you're setting up and the like. Sometimes we need to let those works shine before men. There are too many people who think there's nothing we are doing. There are some works we have to do in public so that people may glorify the Father in heaven. So that whoever asks, why are you doing this? We say, because we just love them because of how our Father feels about them. There are some works, those people we've been praying for, those testimonies, post them, post them. Come on, post them. Let let people see that there is God who's moving. The only way for that to happen is when they see you. That testimony you have, which we've been keeping inside, share it. Praise God. That scripture you read. <laughs> Somebody say glory. <laughs> glory. Say it again. Glory. You know. Let me. Let me give you. Just another verse. Just in light. Of this. Matthew 10 verse 27. I really wish, come on, don't be ashamed of this thing, it, gives, it, it brings rest. It says, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. There's, there's a certain unashamedness Jesus wants, like that, some shamelessness where you are so public about your faith. Become public about your faith. Print t-shirts about your faith. Wear capes about your faith if you have to. But become very public about your faith. That's the only way the world will see the gospel. Haven't you ever met a person who's worldly, but the day they want to hear a message from the Lord, there are specific people they will call. Now, they don't have the gift of discernment. How will they know who to call? They'll probably call the person who's public about it. Hey, (laughs) so let your light shine before men. And remember you, it's not a little light. It's a big one. Let it shine before men. Remember, someone who cannot see will have a limited perspective on matters. And they misinterpret a lot of things. And that's the state of man before salvation. The fourth one, there's a cold heart. A heart that is cold. A heart that is cold. A heart that is cold. Matthew 15. I want us to see something from the words of Jesus. And we'll have a context. Matthew 15, I want us to look at verse... 10, going down. When he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear and understand. Not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Then his disciples came and said to him, just to clear it out, no one will ever go to hell because of their choice of food. Let's just put it out there. Okay? So, if your favorite meal are crocodiles, eat them. Okay. And give glory to God as you eat those crocodiles. Then his disciples came to him and said, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard, you this, when they heard this saying? Uh-huh. But he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Uh-huh. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Let's go on. <laughs> Then Peter answered and said to him, explain this parable to us. So Jesus said, are you also still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated. So Jesus explains some biology. (laughs) (laughs) Then he says, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses. Blasphemies. Uh-huh. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. Okay. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, if you find yourself using foul language, Maybe you are walking in the road and you stepped on a stone and you find yourself using foul language. Check your heart. What's in your heart that can produce such words? Because when Jesus was in pain, what came out of him was, Father, forgive them. Because when you're, when you're pressed, Sometimes it shows you what's really within. No wonder it says he who faints in the day of adversary is not strong. And then he also notice what he says in the, let's look at that verse, verse 18. 19, 19. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, false witness, blasphemies, Uh huh. Let's go on, and he says, these are the things which defile a man. I hope that also shows us, even for we now the believers, where defilement comes from. And I also hope that shows us that there are certain things which if they do, they are defiling a man. Praise God. But in essence, the heart of the man is what produces all those things. Now think about it. What can cause a person to think it's okay to get what another person worked hard for so that they can enjoy it? What's wrong with their heart? There must be something cold about their heart. What can cause a person to mislead another person so that they can laugh about it? Then there's something wrong with their heart. And that's why you must be careful what you feed your heart. So you must be careful what you watch, be careful who you've allowed to have influence over your life, the stories that you entertain, the pages that you like, the influencers you subscribe to, the YouTube channels you watch. Because the moment the heart becomes cold, it begins to produce all sorts of things. Where there is rubbish, it will not be very far from maggots and flies. Please don't dump rubbish in your heart. Don't dump rubbish. Don't dump rubbish in your heart. Go to my podcast channel, search for Take Heed What You Hear. Now, the coldness of the heart we can see in Ezekiel 36 and verse 26. A prophecy is given concerning our salvation. And this is the prophecy. I will give you let's read. I will give you and put what... Like half the people are reading. One, two, three, let's read again, One, two, three, go. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Now, a heart of flesh is one that's movable. Notice, you can't make anything, like imagine like stone, what would you make? For you to make something out of a stone, you need heavy (laughs) machinery. But flesh, you can mold it. So a heart of flesh is a heart that God can touch, a heart that God can mold, a heart that God can shape in the direction that he wants to. And that's one of the blessings that he gives to us as believers. However, let me mention something. Even as a believer, if you do not guard your heart, it can become cold. It can grow cold again. It can grow cold again, and you can tell that is happening when things that moved you before have stopped moving you, when works that you did before you don't do anymore, no wonder when Jesus was asking them to repent, he says, remember the heights from whence thou fallest, remember the heights where you fell from, and then he says, repent and do the first works again." Make sure you always tend to your heart because backsliding always starts from the heart. Praise God. Number five, man is in a state of brokenness and unfulfillment. Disconnection from God and the hardness of life as well as challenges with other human beings puts man in a state of brokenness. And there's a lack of fulfillment. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and look at verse 11. And we'll read it from the Amplified Version. The Bible says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also planted eternity in men's hearts and minds, a divinely implanted sense of purpose, working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy, yet so that man, men cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Now, who's ever noticed that there is nothing on earth that satisfies. Once upon a time, the most important thing in my life was passing grade 7. If I could only just pass grade 7, then I'm the one. And I wanted to go to Material Boys, and I was so glad when I was accepted at Material Boys. Then the most important thing became passing grade 9. Then the most important thing became passing grade 12. And I was thinking if I can just make it to Onza. The day I saw my name on the list, how I found out was funny. I was, I was at work and somebody had gone to check and he calls me and saying, hi, I didn't make it. Can you imagine I'm not on the list? And that day, I don't know, I was not very sensitive. I was like, yeah, that's so sad. What about me? <laughs> and he said, your name is right here. There was a change in my step when I was walking home. Like, I wanted people to ask me, hi, what do you do? And I would and, and respond, I'm at the highest learning institution in, in the country. And my accent changed slightly, and I said, using bigger words as well. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, um, it became the most important, and then suddenly clearing became the most important, clearing the first <laughs> Let's put it as passing and clearing, some, there are some papers we wanted to pass. Then the others were just saying, if I can just get this paper behind me, I, I think that that exam you wouldn't want to write again. Like where it's like, if I can just get over the line for this exam, I n- I'll never think about that topic ever again in my life. <laughs> Who's ever had that? And I remember when I got my first degree, It felt nice for a bit and then it started feeling like it was just a degree. I said adding on papers." I think I've got four now. Do you know how I spend a lot of my time researching on how I'm going to add the next one and how they feel so few? I'll give you another example. What's the most amount of money you've ever had? Don't shout it. That's the thing. <laughs> like, which is yours? Like, it's yours, 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 yours. I'm curious. Lord, can I just read their minds? <laughs> okay. Um, do you still see that as a lot of money? Once upon a time, that was your dream amount. And you know what's funny about money, especially when you grow older, is that the older you grow, the less, ex- the less excited it makes you. Like, I'll give you this example. You can be, let's say you have, I'll just use examples. Let's say you have 2,000 kwacha and you're feeling, ish, I've got 2,000 kwacha, you don't really have money. One or two things happen and you've got 250,000. Do you know you'll only be excited for a few minutes? Because once you make a budget, somehow your budget will be 270 and you'll start feeling like you're 20 pin broke because you need a 20 pin extra. Because when you're 2000, you had very little problems. All you wanted to do was, <laughs> was buy a few groceries here and there. When you're 250, suddenly you want a plot and yeah. you're like a car. <laughs> and then you now need, suddenly you've got a problem. You now don't have the money for building on the plot that you bought. And so now you, (laughs) suddenly when you've got 250, you need 300 more. (laughs) No, who's ever observed that about money? That's the way everything on earth has been designed. That it will never fully satisfy. There's a God-sized hole in the heart of every man which only God can fill. Praise God. But the command is still important. (laughs) It <laughs> answers things. May God give you money. <laughs> Those who didn't say amen, I was about to say let that money come to me, but it's okay. <laughs> if you don't like it, please be bringing it. We always have use for it. But it, that, that's the strange thing about it. Eh? And that's why haven't you noticed that sometimes the more money people make, the more debt they get into. And that's why the most dangerous period when it comes to money is when you start making a lot of it. That's usually where the biggest debts come, if you're not careful. Because your needs increase. Or what you think you need increases. Hey, are we still in the house? So now, we've identified a few things, right? So here's man, man is sick. Man is sinful. What he wants to do, he doesn't do it. That which he doesn't want to do, that's what he does. Man is far from God, that that was at number three. Number three, man is demonized. Satan can just click a button. Someone can just put something in their soup. Anyone can die a black chicken. Man is blind. Man's heart has grown cold. And then Jesus says something interesting. John preaches saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So now there's a kingdom coming. And then Jesus introduces himself in a very interesting way. Jesus quotes from Isaiah and he explains his assignment. So think about these five things. And then let's read the original quote from Isaiah. Let's go. Isaiah what? Luke 4.18 is found in Isaiah what? You're whispering. You're even right, but you're whispering. 61, right? Let's you're busy even saying yes. When I asked Guys, we're doing a church Bible quiz. Just wait. (laughs) Isaiah 61 and. Let's read it. I'll I'll read it actually. So Jesus comes, finds man in this state and says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. So Jesus comes and he says, okay, so I've been anointed. I've been anointed to preach good news to the poor. I don't know what good news to the poor sounds like to you. But whatever it is to you, (laughs) that's what it is. He says he's been anointed to preach good news. He's got a good message. Sometimes when you hear the gospel, it sounds too good to be true, right? Because that's what it is. It's good news. He didn't come with bad news. He didn't come with bad news about your failures. He didn't come with bad news about your sins. He actually came with good news about all those areas. He didn't come with bad news about your past. He didn't come with bad news about your previous decisions. He didn't come with bad news about what happened when you were dedicated to a witch doctor or something or some spirit or this and that. He didn't come with bad news about your bloodline. He didn't come with bad news about whichever family you were born from. He didn't come with bad news about whichever sicknesses you inherited. He didn't come with bad news about your genes. He came with good news. He came with good news. Always remember, that's what he came with. And then he didn't just come with it because he's a nice person. No, the spirit of the Lord was put on him. And God anointed him. So meaning he wasn't just speaking as a man who just speaks. But he came to speak with power. Meaning he's got the power to bring this good news into fruition. Hey, okay, then if we don't make video highlights, this part... (laughs) <laughs> hey! hey and then he says because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor good tidings to the poor then he says something, remember the brokenness of man he says he has sent me to heal the broken hearted now look it doesn't matter how your heart got broken whether it was through bad decisions he didn't limit <laughs> he didn't leave it which some people came to Christ through a heartbreak it's okay it's okay it doesn't matter how you came the fact is that you came this rumor goes that people become prayerful in those moments now let them stay prayerful after <laughs> hey it's not me it's the rumor <laughs> it's the leader of the grapevine who told me that so the day you review the leader of the grapevine I'll tell you <laughs> Praise God. He says he came to heal the brokenhearted. Doesn't matter how it got broken. He came to heal the brokenhearted. So, from the pains of life, the perils of sin, all those things, he came to heal the brokenhearted. What else? To proclaim liberty to the captives. Hey, a person doesn't have to remain bound anymore. He says to proclaim liberty to the captives freedom, liberty, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Those who have been bound in prisons of addiction, those who have been bound in prisons of of, of curses, in prisons of, of, of demonism, and all those things. He came to open the prison like you're free to go out now. Let's go on. Then it says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, if you had to read it from Luke's gospel, he didn't read the next one, which says, and the day of vengeance of our God. Do you know why he didn't read that one? I believe when he comes the second time, that would be the one. He came to announce that the dispensation that was there was now a dispensation of grace. But when he comes again it won't necessarily be that dispensation it will be another one which is vengeance that day that day will be brutal for some best day ever for others we can at least try and reduce the number of people it's brutal for what do you think But then let's go on. Let's read a bit more about his assignment. And keep remembering those five things we talked about, right? To comfort all who mourn. Next verse. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beautiful ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. Now start imagining the kind of believer you are with all these things. Beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. What else? The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Let's read it from Luke's gospel. Let's see, there are one or two words that are added in Luke. Luke four eighteen. use the King James. Have you, have you imagined yourself? where you've got beautiful ashes. Can you see how glorious your life is? Where you've got the oil of joy, where you've got the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. So you now know what to do if you ever feel heavy, right? Somebody praise the Lord, I will praise him every day, praise him every day. The same way darkness runs from light, heaviness runs from praise. I'll say it again. Then you say, wow, louder. The same way darkness runs from light, heaviness runs from praise. Wow. Wonderful. Wow. Glory. <laughs> hey. So, hey, did I just say hey and not get a response? I said, hey. hey. So, it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What is the gospel to you? What is the good news to you? When you understand the gospel, you understand that God was not looking to punish you. God was not looking to make you pay for what you did. He came with good news. Praise God. And it says, (laughs) you know, when we were graduating at Onza, On the day of the graduation, they were introducing the different guests who were there. And obviously, it was an exciting day. We were dancing to anything. We danced to the national anthem. (laughs) 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 Have you ever been excited in your life dancing to the national anthem? And then (laughs) they introduced different people. And then one of the people introduced, they said, presenting to you and they quoted the name, Irene Chua. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've been to the University of Zambia, Irene Chua is a legend. Do you know why? On the Basari reforms, the Basari is a commitment between you and Irene Chiwa. <laughs> so we all knew the name. So the moment she was introduced, we celebrated. Why? Because for many, she was a sign of good news. What was the good news? That money. <laughs> what am I trying to say? When you understand what Jesus brought, what Jesus represents, you will struggle to not praise him. How can you not lift up his name? How can you not lift your hands? How can you fail to love him? Hey. 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 <laughs> Let's go. So it says, okay. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to pre- to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. Remember the other one we said, and recovering of sight to the blind. What blindness has been referred to here? It's beyond the physical one. It's that blindness that we're talking about. That blindness of the heart. That blindness of the mind. And to set at liberty them that are bruised. Other versions say them that are oppressed. You don't have to fall to the trap of devils anymore. You don't have to be suicidal anymore. You don't have to fall to the trap of affliction anymore. Because the Lord Jesus came to bring salvation. Praise God. Now, ladies and gentlemen, one reason why I've mentioned all this is because you will see as we go on later, someone would say, what has this got to do with the repentance series you've been doing on Wednesday? You must clearly be able to distinguish between the old man and the new man. And what the Bible says about the old man and what it says about the new man. That's a teaching maybe for next week. But you must be able to distinguish the old man from the new man. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and what he has done for me my very soul shall sing hallelujah praise god for saving one more time kali, kali. 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 lord jesus thank you lord jesus thank you lord jesus
0: oh wow what a service I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on the city of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.